Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then after that, everything else was made in China, (laughs) including the coronavirus. And let me start off by uh, sharing with you a few different statistics before we get into our Bible. And you'll see how this will all tie in at the end of the message or during the message. Uh, The bubonic plague, or it was called Black Death, uh, that killed 25 million people in Europe. That's a lot of people. That started in China, too, by the way. Um, but here's what I found interesting about this statistic. It killed one third of the entire population of Europe. One third. That's a lot of death. Uh, the plague of Justinian, which happened in 541, it came from Egypt after Emperor Justinian conquered it. And what happened was the ship that was carrying grain over also carried fleas on the backs of the rats, the reading on the grain. And so it arrives in Constantinople and then it spreads to Europe, Asia, North Africa, and Arabia. And they estimated almost 50 million people died. Statistically, that was half of that population. So we went from a third to a half. It's a lot of people. And we're still here. We're still here. COVID-19 hits this year in 2020. Uh, We have around approximately, these aren't accurate, uh, 100% accurate numbers. They're approximate numbers. We have about 100 deaths in Putnam County, in our county. Uh, About 6,500 deaths in our state of Tennessee. Uh, They say there's uh, over 300,000 deaths in the United States. And worldwide, they say there's 1.5 million deaths worldwide because of COVID-19. Now, I'm sure those numbers are skewed. How much percentage? I don't know. But I give you those numbers to tell you this. We have 8 billion people in the world. Statistically, it's about 1.5% of our population died. From COVID-19, one and a half percent. I mean, I'm a preacher. You are Christians. And you do the work of the ministry in your own way. We don't want to see anybody die. Nobody does. Especially Christians. That's why it's so important that we go out and witness to this lost and dying world. Tell them how they can have eternal life. It doesn't matter. Something's going to get them. But when we look at a third of the population that dies from the bubonic plague, half of the population in the, the, the continents that we mentioned uh, with this plague of Justinian way, 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 way back in the day. And now with COVID-19, why are we so afraid? And I don't mean we meaning us. I mean, we as a as a nation. I know we need to be cautious. I know we need to be aware. If you're sick, stay home. If I'm sick, I'll stay home. If everybody's sick, just stay home. 
we're kind of saying the same things that our grandparents and our great grandparents have been telling us every time we got sick. Um, now I said all that because I'd like you to turn to second Timothy chapter number one, because we have some good news and we're going to be reminded of that tonight in second Timothy chapter number one, the Bible says in verse number seven, second Timothy chapter one, verse number seven, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Are you able to understand the words that I am speaking to you tonight? Are you able to get into the car and understand what your spouse says to you or what your children say to you? Can you comprehend the fake news, the corrupt news, the real news? We've got a sound mind in the midst of all of this. So there's some good news. There's some good that's coming out of 2020. We can look up to God and we can say, thank you, God. I still have a sound mind. Aren't you thankful that you can think and process? Praise God. We have a sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear. I know that we need caution. I don't go up to a stop sign and and quote, this is my life verse and say, I don't have the spirit of fear. I'm just going to drive right through. No, that would be stupid. And you can't fix stupid a lot of times. I don't do things to be rude or arrogant or ignorant. And I would trust you wouldn't either. God has not asked us to throw our brains out the window. He wants us to think. He wants us to process information. He wants us to listen to authorities. But he hasn't given us the spirit of fear along with all those other things that he's asked us to do. We just need to be real, real careful how far we're going to let this thing drag us in. Now, what happened early in the year? And we won't go too far into this because I want to do my best to stay in the Bible. That's what you came for. And that's what I want to make sure, uh, you know, I get some help from as well. But one of the local high schools, when they finally were able to go back to school, they had the mask mandate for the children. And one of the uh, dads, I think he went to a certain church. I don't even know the name of the church, uh, but I think a group of the kids were from that church. And so they had masks. They wore masks. But on the mask, they had printed faith over fear. And there's an uproar. It makes the paper. You got the little kitties, the young adults, the young adults in high school. You got them to comply. You got their parents to comply and put the mask on. But now you don't like what it says on the mask. God has not given us the spirit of fear. If you have to wear a mask, get Jesus saves printed on. If you have to wear a mask, get trust Jesus printed on. If you have to wear a mask, put faith over fear on it. We still have the freedom to do it. What good's going to come out of it? Somebody might read your mask that says Jesus saves. And they might start a conversation up with you. They might think about life a little bit different that day. Let's go over to Luke chapter number eight. We have a sound mind. Let's see what Luke says. Luke chapter number eight. 
The Bible says in Luke chapter number eight, let's start reading at verse number 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went, to a, went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake and they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came unto him and awake him, saying, Master, Master, we perished. And he arose, rebuked the wind and the raging water. And they ceased, and there was calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wandered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. Period. Do you think the Black Plague or this other plague we talked about or the COVID-19, do you think it's anything that's out of God's control, out of God's hand? It's not. And I'm not making light of anything that has happened this year. If you're a small business owner, which I am, we have been hit so hard that we don't know which way is up anymore. We don't know what to expect on Monday. It's a week-to-week, drama-by-drama, stress-by-stress, emotional roller coaster. You're high because now you can actually be a man and earn something and work and bring home some, bring home the bacon for the family. And then you find out, well, no, now you can't because it's an emotional roller coaster. But I haven't given up on God. I know this isn't a big deal for him. It's just a big deal for me and millions of other Americans that are weak, frail men and women. And we're not God. But God's got complete control over this. And they arrived, verse 26, at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to a land, there met him out of a city a certain man. Now, I want you to listen very closely to this. Which had devils a long time. I'm sure you have had a friend, an acquaintance, a neighbor, or someone you knew around town that has had devils a long time. They're, you just know it ain't the spirit of Christ in them. It's the spirit of a devil. And wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tomb. Verse 28, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God, most high, I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters and he break the band. And was driven out of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him saying. What is thy name? And he said legion. Because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him. That he would not commend them. To go out into the deep. And there. Was. And there was there. And heard of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him. That he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Verse 33. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and, and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done 
and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. I want you to just think about it for a second. Think about this. We have had two instances happen here. One not so bad, one really bad, like weird, could have went, could have went bad. We, I think it was a Thursday night or a Sunday night, just somebody came in, just a, one of the homeless guys. I don't know if he was strung out on something, but they walk and they stop sometimes. Well, this guy comes in during church service and he just sits on the back. He's got his mask on and everything. And uh, he actually found his way to the, to the offering box. He put a he put a couple of pennies in the offering box and he wrote a note. Uh, you know, thank you for the preaching. And he sat down for a little bit. Then he was gone. Strange, real strange. You can tell he was not of a sound mind. You could just tell. The other incident we had in 2020, Hannah and I were coming from breakfast. We were going to stop at the church house to do a little bit of work. We pull into the back, and I see a, a shirtless man from the pavilion coming over to our truck. And as he gets closer, he's got blood smeared on his body. I look, there's a deer. He wants my help. I said, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Do you have any rope? Sorry, I sure don't. I sure don't. Sorry, can't help you. I rolled up the window and I proceeded to leave. Why? Because he wasn't clothed and he obviously was not in a right mind and he did not have a sound mind. He was full of a devil is what he was full of. And that's what drugs young people listen up does to you and that's what liquor does to you it loses you lose your mind so Hannah and I pulled down to the corner over there we pulled over I called the police the police came and they took care of the situation now he was skinning the deer that apparently his story was a car hit it and he dragged it off and you know blah 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 who knows That's just us in one little church in one little town. Do you know how many people in this town, let alone the whole state, let alone in the whole country, let alone in the whole world, are full of devils and not in their sound mind, don't have a right mind? We need to get Jesus Christ to Because the result of this man that was full of devils is... He's able to sit down, amen. He's able to sit with clothes on. He doesn't walk around like he used to anymore. And his mind is right. And that's the job of a local church. That's the job of a New Testament Christian is to be able to bring the gospel to a lost and dying world. Because when you bring somebody to Jesus, it doesn't matter how many devils they have. Jesus saves. Jesus saves sinners. And we have to stop comparing, like the Roman Catholic Church does, venial sins and mortal sins, you know? 
your A-plus sins and your not-so-bad sins, we've all sinned. This is why, as a church, we don't go out and we don't preach drinking liquor will send you to hell. Because the Roman Catholic man that's a good guy that doesn't drink liquor, well, except on Sunday when the priest serves it to him, maybe this is a bad example, but the man that isn't drinking liquor and is not committing that sin is committing another sin that he is guilty of that will still send him to the same hell. This is why we must preach for all have sinned. And when they say to you, well, do you think drinking's wrong? You can say, I never mentioned, I never mentioned drinking, sir. But the Bible says all have sinned. So let's put drinking aside for a minute. Have you ever told a lie? As if, if he gives up drinking, that'll get him to heaven. So let's start with some easy sins that everybody does that we can all agree on. Because it don't matter if you tell one little lie or you've been drinking your whole life and you live in a drunkard's home. The Bible says all of sin. We have a sound mind. Let's praise God for that in 2020. We have a right mind. Let's go back to Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19, the Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But, verse 20, that semicolon between verse 19 and, and verse 20, all of this is tied together. You've got one sentence that ends with a period over a period that ties into the next sentence. And he says, but lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Next point I'd like to make tonight is, where's your treasure? If somebody is sad, if somebody is depressed, if somebody is lonely, I get it if they've lost their job. That's me. <laughs> I tell you, some days I'm pretty sad and depressed. I didn't lose the Holy Spirit. I didn't lose Jesus. But when I have to think about that, that gets me sad. I get it if you've lost a loved one to COVID. I get it if you've got COVID real bad and it laid you up for three weeks. Son and I were supposed to go do something uh, a few months back and uh, we're supposed to do something with horses. And and uh, two days before we were going to head out, guy called and one of his ranch hands got COVID. He said to call me back to reschedule. And next thing you know, he gets COVID. And last time I talked to him, he's doing well now, but it just put him on his back for three weeks. I had depression. That'll make you sad. Imagine if you're a cowboy used to working and, you know, throwing hay and riding horses and jumping on tractors. And now you're on your back for three weeks because of COVID-19. People are sad. People are depressed. People are lonely. I can't imagine these people that have to deal with a loved one. And, they're, and they've told them you can't come in 
the hospital room and their loved ones dying. Can you imagine having to deal with that? I don't know if you have or if you have, and I know I haven't, but when I think about it, it's sad. It's depressing. I know it is. It's difficult to deal with those types of things. Saved or not saved. What adult child wants to just talk to their mom, their elderly mom or dad on the telephone as they're dying? It's trying times. It's sad times. It's depressed times. So that's not my concern, and that's not the point I want to draw out. But my concern is that our treasures upon the earth is what we've been trusting in. And if that's you, if that's me, we need to stop, pause, and park and think about that. When the Bible says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust off corrupt, verse 19, and where thieves break through and steal, In 2020, are, are Americans losing too many of their idols? I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit trail, but there's a lot of sports heroes that people are missing right now. Not against sports. I like sports. I'm just saying, if Americans lose their idols... My question or my concern I'd like to oppose tonight is where were our treasures? When we can't get everything that we want to get, if we can't have everything we want to have, if we believe that things are owed to us and then those things don't come to pass, where are our treasures stored up upon? Because wherever your heart is, that's your treasure. And I am not saying that because, look, if we lay up our treasures on earth, thieves are going to come and take them. I've been stolen from. They completely stole my business away from me. They completely stole income that I rightfully should have been able to earn right away from me. You say, well, they send you stimulus checks. That's great. But I want to earn my own money. Every man does. Every Christian man would want to, would desire that. You're stealing right from us. If our treasures are, are built upon earth, that's my concern for all of us. We need to build our treasures in heaven because you know what? Ain't nobody going to steal that. We're losing our freedoms. We're everything that we've known as Americans. They're getting stripped away. And they are. But there's something they can't take away from us. And that is our joy in the Lord. They might be able to take away our joy in dismal land if we wanted to spend two, three grand down there that we worked all year real hard for. They're going to stop paying you, close down your business, and then they're going to close down all the entertainment shops. They might take, they might be able to take that away from us. But they can't take away our eternal life. They can't take away our treasures that are stored in heaven. And that's where we need to be building our wealth. 
That's where our wealth should be. Eternally. Eternal things. You never saw a U-Haul behind a hearst. Never did. Well, one time I did. It wasn't really a U-Haul, but a good friend of mine, his dad was construction all his life, his whole life. And uh, he had all kinds of tools and all kinds. I mean, every tool you can imagine, he had two of them. And uh, the hearse and the tool truck followed it, and they went through Lowe's, and they went through. I mean, it was pretty. You don't have that happen all the time, but. <laughs> In any event, I say that to say he still couldn't take them with him. <laughs> but look, you've got a family, you know, you got a family lineage and something that's real special. And so, you know, families get together and, and they don't forget the memories of their father. They don't forget the memories of their of their mother or their family. And that's and that's a great thing to do. The Bible says where thieves break through and steal. The government might be giving us money, but they're taking away our humanity. Our eternal treasures, nobody can take away from us. Mom, dad, grandma, children, lay up your treasures in heaven. We really should be a church where the rich are eating at the same table as the poor. The middle class are eating at the same table as the upper class. The lower class are eating at the same table that the high social status folks are. Why? Because we're not counting our earthly treasures and saying, you see, you should sit there. You should. That's not a New Testament Bible believing body of Christ because our treasure is in heaven. And we're all going to walk on the same street of gold. And nobody's going to say, that's my gold. And we're going to trust God. We're going to trust God. Second Corinthians chapter five. You know, unless you're Joel Osteen, I unfortunately, when you travel, you, you watch the news more often than you wouldn't. Because when you go into the lobby, they have the TVs on. And, you know, the fake news and the corrupt news and the, some other ones I'll leave out of the message. It wouldn't be, but um, so that they, they got good old uh, they got happy guy on there now. Good old Joel Osteen, good old Joel selling the inspiration cube. Yeah, I'm minister of the Lord, you know, and so everybody's sad and depressed and lonely because of the coronavirus and everybody's lost their job. But there he is, happy Joel. Every day is a Friday, Monday motivation, and you know, the whole bit. He's got his inspiration cube. And it's thousands of sayings by good old Joel. And so you can order the cube for $39.95. And what a deal. You can listen. You can listen to that phony baloney give you a bunch of rehashed, recycled psychobabble that isn't anything Bible and it isn't anything new. It's a humanistic feel. So I'm thinking of coming up with something. Calling it the reality check <laughs> and making it like a 
This world is looking for some inspiration, I'll tell you that. And that's why he fills stadiums, and that's why he has millions and millions of people listening to him. The problem is there's little, if any, Bible truth. And millions of people are putting their hope in a health and a wealth and a prosperity gospel that they will get here on earth. God has a plan of abundance for you. If working hard and and God does have a plan of abundance for you. For you laying up your treasures up in heaven. That's our abundant life. We are never promised an easy, healthy, wealthy life down here. And that is not a gospel message. That's not a Bible message. Second Corinthians chapter number five, verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Praise God. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. Everybody say amen. We got, we're, we're new, new, we're new. And all things are of God who hath re- reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Watch this. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's deed. Be you reconciled to God. Last verse. For he hath made him to be sin. For us. Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God. In him. Where does this righteousness come from? Look what it says. Through God, verse number 20. And he gave us his righteousness. And it's important to say, to split the hair on the word here, we're not made righteous. We were given his righteousness. That's why it says that we might be made the righteousness of God. It doesn't say that we might be made righteous. It says that we might be made the righteousness of God. And there's a difference because when you are saved, God doesn't make you righteous. When you are saved, you are made the righteousness of God, meaning he gives you his righteousness. When God the Father looks at you, he sees Christ. He's given you and he has credited your account. If you go to your bank on Monday and you look at it and you see a $600 credit. And you say to yourself, well, I didn't make that. No, it was credited to your account. And God imputes his righteousness to us. It's the righteousness of God and it's through Christ. Uh, Romans 3, well, let's get over to Romans 4. Back to Romans 4. Romans chapter 4, verse number 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. 
So sin won't be imputed. Sin won't be credited to you. Uh, verse number 20. Uh, he staggered not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. So we see there was now it was not written for his sake alone. That it was imputed to him, Abraham, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. If what we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So verse number eight, what didn't we have imputed sin? We get to verse number 20 through 25. There's something that was imputed righteousness. Not only to Abraham, but we can have that imputed righteousness as well. If we what? If verse number 24, we do enough good works? No. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So there's something that's credited to us. There's something that's imputed to us. It's the righteousness of God. Romans 3.22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all. And upon all them that believe. That's the death. That's a death blow verse to anybody that says, well, God already said some would go to heaven and some would go to hell. And there's nothing you can do about it, except we have a whosoever gospel. We have a gospel that can go out to everybody. And that doesn't mean we believe in universal salvation. That just means that it is, is it is availed to all and upon all them that do what believe the condition is that they believe you sow seed to everybody you can throw it upon them as much as you can and it's up to them to believe let the holy spirit woo them and draw them but they ultimately need to trust the savior second peter one says Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have ordained like precious faith with us through. How do we have a precious faith? Like precious faith? How do we have that? Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Last one, I'll read you Romans 1. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. We can live by faith. If we had enough faith to trust him. To save our soul, we should have enough faith. To live for him. And thank God for the faith of Jesus Christ, because our faith fails. Um, go back to Second Corinthians. Uh, go over to Second Corinthians and just want to tie that, close the thought on that chapter and verse where it says all things are become new. We're going to usher in a new year. I mean, there's some practical application there. Stuff been bugging you, stuff been, you've been struggling with the same Sin or the same junk over and over. Well, there's a new year coming. I mean, every day is a good day to turn over the new leaf. <laughs> but 
when we close out a year, what does everybody think about in January? Their New Year's resolutions. What usually happens? They don't eat pumpkin pie for three weeks, and the next thing you know, it's pumpkin pie for breakfast. <laughs> we can't do that with God. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to study my Bible. I'm going to witness. And we do that for three weeks in January. And then the next thing you know, we're right back to, well, it's just easier to watch reruns of Jeopardy. <laughs> God wants to use you. All you have to do, all I have to do is just avail ourselves and say, Lord, use me. Made, uh, so, so it says all things become new. It says we are ambassadors for Christ. And we said we're made the righteousness of God in him. Last verse and then I'm done. Proverbs chapter number four. And we're going to be in verse number 20. Proverbs four, verse number 20. The Bible says Proverbs four, verse number 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life. Unto those that find them and health to all thy flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. These matters of life and these things that we go through, a lot of it are heart issues. Whatever's in your heart comes out. Verse number 22, I want you to look at that. It says, for they are life unto those that find them. Attend to God's words. Don't let them, don't let them, don't let them go out of your earshot. Don't let them go out of your eye shot. Don't let them come out of your heart. Keep them in your heart. Keep them in your eyes. Keep them in your ears. For they are life. A lot of times we just get ourselves in trouble because we fill our ears with the wrong thing. We fill our eyes with the wrong thing. We fill our heart with the wrong thing. And I'm telling you, once it goes from the ears and the eyes and drops down into the heart, that's where the damage happens. Heart is the issue of Christianity. We need to be careful what goes in because it eventually is going to drop into our heart and then it's going to spill out in the real way and it's going to hurt a lot of people, including ourselves. First Timothy chapter four, you don't have to turn there, but verse number eight says, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. I'm going to just stop and park on having promise of the life that now is. Everybody knows that when they exercise, they're going to get a benefit down here right now. You exercise on Monday, you feel a little better on Tuesday. You exercise in January, all of a sudden you see some real results in February. You can see things in the now with exercise. If you incline to God's word in your eyes and your ears and in your heart, right now you can have a better life. And I don't mean this false gospel of this. You can have abundance and health, wealth and prosperity like uh, like Smiley, Smiley Joel. I'm talking about a real, real spiritual health. Right now you can have it. But you have to do you have to follow the principles of Proverbs chapter four. Attend to my words, find not ear none of my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart.
for they are life unto those that find them and help to all their flesh. We can have spiritual health. God never promised physical health. I want it. I want it for you. I'm going to do my push-ups and my sit-ups. I'm going to take my vitamins. I'm going to drink my orange juice. I'm going to stay away from too much saturated fat. I really, really need to completely cut out all fried foods. And when I stay away from it, then I desire it. And then I have a French fry and I realize I shouldn't have the French fries. I say that because, you know, when you eat certain things, it affects you. Physically. It should be real easy to make the, oh, the parlay and the tie into, you know, when you're looking at something you shouldn't, you're listening to something you shouldn't, you're thinking about something in your mind, it drops under your heart, you shouldn't. You know it affects you. The same way when you go out to the restaurant and you get the big oily dish and then it's like everything's a mess. Your life's going to be a mess. My life's going to be a mess if we don't fill our hearts and minds with scripture truth. All right. So close out right now. Here's what we can have. A sound mind. Second Timothy one. Not possessed with a devil. We can be sitting up straight with clothes and a right mind. Luke eight. Praise God. Matthew 6, we have treasures laid up in heaven. That's what we should be laying our treasures up. Uh, and then the last one, we have the imputed righteousness of God, Romans 3, Romans 4, and, and 2 Peter chapter number 1. Coming into 2021, only a few hours left, we can have a life that's abundant spiritually in Christ Jesus amidst all that's been happening. We don't know what's going to happen down here in this world in 2021. But all the stuff we talked about, we can find joy and happiness and true fellowship if we attend to thy words. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.